Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. My name is Javon J. Love Adams, and as always with me is my co-host. He's actually the star of the show. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just here along for the ride. The one and only Ed Easy Smith. He is a veteran of the NFL, but not only that, because you know, he was a tight end and all that stuff for multiple teams. I'll let him run it down in a second. But he also was able to hit that fastball. He was a, uh, he, he played professional baseball as well. Was the fastball, what was your pitch? Was it man, the fastball, curveball? Hey, you told me anything straight, man. I'm going to knock it out the park. <laughs> <laughs> Them splitties and sliders, those started up. Now, I was, toward the end of my career, I could hit anything. But, yeah, early in my career, if it was dead red, I'm sitting on it. So. Got you. So, we are a Cardinal, Arizona Cardinal-specific show based out of here, based out of the Valley of the Sun. And so, we're going to talk to you, of course, every week that we bring our conversation to you. We have a couple of things that are on our mind. We know with this, uh, this new normal that we're navigating in with COVID-19, we're still wondering if there's going to be an NFL season. So we, we operate for the most part under the, uh, with, with kind of trying to be cautiously optimistic. I think I saw today, Ed, that there were 72, 72 players, uh, from the NFL tested positive for corona, for COVID-19. A lot, and, and again, it's not so much the positive tests. It's again, because my wife works in the, in the healthcare uh, industry. It's a matter of how it taxes the hospital system. And of course, people that die, we, we know that those things happen and that's, you don't want that, but it's a matter of how it taxes the hospital system. But so we're always going to keep our eye on that. But this week, I wanted to focus a little bit on the defense. I wanted you to, so treat, let's treat someone, treat somebody like me, Ed, like I'm a four year old. <laughs> Cause I oftentimes I lean on you for the education when it comes to football. So I want to talk about the defense, the defensive side for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, kind of looking back to, to 2019 and then maybe looking ahead to what we expect for 2020. Uh, we know that the the uh, defensive coordinator is Vance Joseph and want to get your just to understand what is it about the three four? There was so much of a, of a big um, celebration when Vance Joseph was hired because it went from a four three back to a three four. So just to kind of a, your thoughts on that and, and what that looks like, and then go into a little bit of the defense. Uh, we can take it by position group, or we can just take it over as a whole and kind of go from there, man. So I got to ask you, man, three four. 
when one of the things when Vance Joseph was was hired, he said that he will run an aggressive three four, mm-hmm. and one of the things that was still continuing to happen over the course of at least the early part to the, maybe the last up about 75% of the season, we were still getting abused by those tight ends. And that was from the leftovers from the other regime as well. But what's a, what's a three, four, what are the strengths and maybe what are the weaknesses of a three, four? Well, you know, first thing I'll explain to everybody, there's different type of defenses. Obviously, you know, they come with different defensive packages. And I remember when I first got into the NFL, the 3-4 was still kind of in its infancy stages. You know, we'd gone through Buddy Ryan and the uh, when he was in Chicago and they had that, the 4-6. Four, four, six, six, yeah. So, there, you know, you hear those type of terms, and I ain't never paid attention to it. So I all of a sudden got in the league and had to figure this stuff out and block it, you know. So, you know, to, to, to give everybody what uh, kind of the, like you said, the basic version of it, 4-3 is a four-down lineman set with three linebackers. Okay. And then you get into the different versions of the 3-4. With a 3-4, you get the three-down lineman. Now you throw the extra linebacker in there. So it's three, four linebackers in the mix. Like a Chandler Jones because it kind of is that fourth, like almost a linebacker. Yeah. But he really plays up on the line quite yeah. a bit. Is that- well, the, the thing about a 4-3, you have four. The, let's explain it from the beginning. The 4-3 with the big four down linemen, very easy to kind of define where those four guys are going to be because they're linemen. You know, you got two tackles usually. You got your two bookends. Yeah. Those guys are your anchor for the for the front line. And when I used to play, I never – it was funny, you know, we certain defenses always seemed really comfortable to block against because with a 4-3, you always knew you got those four down guys. They might shift a little bit. They might be in these gaps. And the linebackers usually you had your middle, your weak, and your Sam, you know. Right. So you got the – everything was kind of identified for you. Then all of a sudden, I remember the first time I played against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they had this 3-4 defense. And all these dudes, you know, you knew where the three-down linemen were going to kind of be. Right. But those four linebackers, man, it was a mystery every time you went to the to the, to the line of scrimmage because th- with them not having their hand on the ground, they had the ability to move around a lot more. Uh, they would, you know, line up at the line of scrimmage, back off. They would, you know, show blitz off the edges, different things. And that 3-4, if run properly with the right personnel, is a beast. Okay. And it was one of those things where – Week to week, you know, we'd get our game plan. You'd look and kind of forecast out who you were playing. I remember playing against the New York Giants one week, and I was like, oh, you know, Strahan. But you always kind of knew where Strahan was going to be. You know, so it was kind of as long as you, you know, put your packages together, you got yeah. your block assignments and everything, it was pretty basic. But, you know, not as complicated as that first time. Like I said, you see something like the Steelers or Ravens or different people with those. I mean, they used to call it the amoeba, where you'd get three down linemen, yeah. Then you get these other four dudes, and all of them equally as athletic. One of them usually out of your star, whether he's your middle or whatever, but most of these guys were very athletic. Now you got these guys up at the line. You ever look, you're watching the game, and you get seven guys almost on the line of scrimmage? Yes. You have no idea who's coming, who's You're bailing. Who's going to bail out right Yeah, so now as the ball's being snapped, on the fly, you're trying to figure who's coming, who's not, you know, responsibilities, blitz, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's just one of those things where that 3-4, like I said, as I mentioned earlier, if run properly with the right personnel, it's so hard to dictate and kind of read that defense. Whereas, like I said, a 4-3 was is, is as basic as you can get. And I used to love to see the 4-3 versus the 3-4 the because, like I said, it made my job a whole lot easier as a tight end. So when you're thinking about the 3-4, so if we transition a little bit, and we talked about him a little bit last week, was Isaiah Simmons. And so his... 
where how he may be that that uh, wild card when it comes to the three four. Um, being able to, to to kind of maybe drop in, or come mm-hmm. up on the line, and maybe bail out and be able to cover some of those tight ends, depending on what's going on. Do you do you is this the is this an ideal defense for somebody with his skill set? Yeah, and I think you called you termed it last week perfectly. You called him the Swiss Army knife. This he will be able to insert here, insert there, and I think the the there's pro and a con. Okay. He's not going to, you know, he's the typical linebacker. A lot of times they have a little more junk in the trunk, a little yes. more sit down, you know, be able to, you know, uh, hold the line of scrimmage or fill gaps and stuff like that. He might be a little light in the tail, but he's also going to cause a mismatch because of his quickness and, and, and ability to, I guess, cause havoc probably off the edges if you want him there, covering tight ends covering big uh, big wide receivers possibly. And you can also float him into the back of your coverage as well. Okay. What's really become popular with this 3-4 uh, these days is, and I, used to, the, I remember the first time I saw it, I mean, I almost laughed because I thought it was a mistake. The first time you're running a route, you see a big lineman going back into coverage. Right. That's not by mistake. That's by design. You got these big linemen who are now, you know, because, you know, you as a front, your offensive front, they're identifying, well, with these three, we know we got them, and we got to pick out the other two that come. If another comes, you know, somebody has to be hot because we only got five to block six. Right. Well, now what they do is they'll get the linebackers, and this is where he might come into a, a become a great tool because now you can show everybody up, and as the linemen are trying to decipher who they're blocking, all of a sudden now you get somebody from the inside, a Chandler Jones or somebody – dropping back into coverage okay. and you got him flying off the edges, it just creates so much havoc. And then like I said, I like his ability to be able to cover deep in the, not necessarily with the speedy wide receivers, but, you know, carrying a tight end up the field might be something that he, uh, you know, we, we talked about all last year. We tried to make every tight end that came in here an all pro <laughs> candidate. So maybe, for, maybe he'll be able to eliminate some of that and give us, uh, like I said, with the ability to, use him in so many different ways. And you know what he reminds me of? He's a big, um, uh, who's our man we had here, the, the Honey Badger. He's a bigger, okay. stronger version of the Honey Badger yeah. who cannot just cover and blitz. He'll, like I said, he'll be able to do some things in the middle of the field as well. Now, how long should it take it, with the transition? So in this imperfect world that we're in, so with they've had changes, they brought some, you know, a couple of new cornerbacks in, et cetera. But being able to really try to, if you're trying to run an aggressive three four, as what Vance Joseph said he he wanted to do when he came to the to the Cardinals, how long should that transition take? Should it be? Does it depend upon the? Does it require a greater um, mental capacity? Not saying players are stupid, but yeah. a greater mental capacity to be able to grasp the the defense to be able to understand because oftentimes you would see I think uh, our our man Earl uh, Earl Burnett would say that they were still communicating mm-hmm. the 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 linebackers were still communicating when the ball was being snapped and not really understanding where they should be yeah. what what is that what's that that transition what's that 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 buffer time to be able to really grasp a defense such as this this year is going to be a year like no other brother I mean because of the lack of off season workouts. No mini camps, no uh, uh, study time in the uh, meeting rooms with your position coach, and I'm pretty sure they've been getting the players' information uh, through these tablets and different things like that as much as they're allowed to, uh, uh, making sure everybody's on you know on the same 
pays in terms of the amount of time they get with the players. But uh, this is going to be a season where anything that I see, you know, as far as cohesiveness, you, you, you could almost see an entire season of dudes missing assignments. It looks like blown coverages. It looks like this. It looks like that. It might look like a, me- a hot mess from time to time just because of the lack of preparation during the offseason. Now, once they get into the game planning during the season, you, you can get specific because you're not trying to teach the entire playbook. But the small nuances, like you said, Earl talked about, uh, you, the great defenses, they know where every single person on the field is going to be and who has their back. But without being able to work through that during the offseason, guys are going to be once again a little tentative because they're not quite sure. And that's when you're a split second late uh, filling a hole, a split second late getting on the coverage or getting you know off the ball to uh, maybe because you're the blitzer or something like that because you're unsure if it's this look I'm supposed to go, if it's that look. So it's going to be a whole season, if you ask me, of uh, guys not being all there at the same time. But on the flip side, I would rather see a defense that just goes with like their hair. Remember we talked about this last yes, year? Yes, yes, All that. And yes. For people who just listen to us, you can't see us. We just pointed at each yes. other because we both had that light go off in our head at the same time. All last year we kept saying, man, they look like they're just out there and they're, everybody's like tentative. They don't want to be. I'd rather have a whole team of dudes that are like, hey, let's just go. And if we go and we mess up, and this starts at the top from your coordinator and your coach is giving you the okay look, I'd rather have us go, you know, balls to the wall, excuse my language, and just go get it. And if we mess up, hopefully somebody on the backside is going to help us. But if we just get out there and act like every play, you know, we, we like our hair's on fire, we talk about, then I'm willing to accept mistakes. Now, if guys are out there and they're tentative, tippy-toeing, that's when you get – you know, like I said, you're not getting beat maybe over the top, but everything is being successful underneath. Or, you know, somebody doesn't fill a hole, do breaks through, and it's an 80-yard run instead of a, you know, two or three or five-yard game. So. so along those lines, and you're listening to Believe in the Arizona Cardinals with Ed Smith and Javon Adams, it, along those lines, when we're talking, if we looked at at uh, yards per yards uh, defense, yards per uh, giving up, yards per play, the average yards per play given up was 5.5. The Cardinals were at six. When you look at teams that made it deep into the playoffs, we know they didn't win the championship, but the New England Patriots, for example, gave up 4.7. You have Buffalo Bills, 4.8. So some of those, some of those teams that, that, that were able to kind of get off the field, um, you think about what is more important? Is it just not get, is it lowering the, the yards per play given up from the defense? Can you have a lot of yards that you allow a team to accrue that bend don't break? What? How do you? What's your philosophy when it comes to defense? Of course, in this three-four scheme, is it how 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 given the personnel that they have? The two biggest things for me for any defense to be successful: third down conversion. That means get off the field on third downs. I don't care how many yards you give up per play or whatever it is. Third down conversions. Stop the other team. Get the ball back keep them from scoring touchdowns all the time, force them to kick field goals, even if it's short fields and stuff like that. The other thing, bro, turnovers. Okay. Turnovers are the biggest thing. And we went probably, and I know Patrick Peterson was off the field for, was it six games to start the season? Six four, games. Six, six, yeah. To start the season. We didn't have our first interception until I think he either came back the first week or this whatever it was. Right, right. And then we didn't force any fumbles. 
You know, we allowed teams to have long, either long drives or we gave up the big hit. So for me, it's third down conversions. You got to stop the team, stop and get the ball back. Give your offensive, uh, give your offense good field position or at least, you know, like I said, stop them from putting sixes and sevens on the board. And the other thing, you have to create turnovers to give you an advantage, get that short field for your offense. And then we all need those pick sixes and stuff like that. We got absolutely none of that from our defense last year. And part of that was because everybody was playing a little safe and unsure, I think. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit more of that maybe this year, but another year under, uh, you know, the you know the, the defensive coordinator, coordinating staff, maybe they'll just get that message that, like I said, regardless of uh, what we know, let's go out there and play like we can as fast as we can. You know? Now, what about how much stock, if any, do you put into hurries when you're looking at the quarterback hurries to be able to speed up a quarterback because um, when you think about Chandler Jones, I mean, he's doing a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. how much more can you expect out of him? He continues to play at a high level. I think he's 29, he'll be 30 this season. Do you put? Do they need to put more pressure on the on the quarterback, or do they, the cornerbacks need to just do their job and kind of break up some of those passes when those when the quarterback is able to get the ball out? It's a combination of things. You have to have pressure on the quarterback, but you have to do it properly. You can't send if you're if you're constantly sending the entire kitchen sink. You're leaving your backside so so depleted and vulnerable. You know that's when you get those big plays, and and you know that we know how that can go. Uh, when you can send the biggest thing you've heard it before. When you can send four and get pressure, or maybe even a fifth and get pressure, that means you got six guys out in coverage. You know, defending uh, from sideline to sideline. Uh, it all depends, like I said, what the philosophy of the uh, defensive coordinator is. And, you know, I hate to point them out, but you look at somebody like a New England Patriots. Right. They're notorious for They never, you know, like they don't necessarily have superstars up front, but they're creative enough where they can cause enough pressure. But it seems like they every time you try to throw deep on them or across the middle, it seems like they always got like nine or ten guys there in the defensive secondary. And that's not because of they actually do. They are sending people. It's like their covers and their schemes are sometimes so complex and they can. Here's another thing. Okay. Not sometimes it's not even about pressure, bro. It's about confusing. If you can confuse a quarterback, make him see what he thinks he sees or doesn't. Such start as what seeing Darnold, ghosts, seeing ghosts, seeing ghosts. Seeing ghosts. That's what it's all about. If you can get a combination of happy feet or seeing stuff he's not sure he's seeing out there, that's when you're successful. So pressure, pressure can can be combined with scheme, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like I said, the the great ones just kind of know how to do it and. You know, you watch some of these off or defenses around the league, and you know, so I wish I was still playing. I, you know, kept catch me a few balls, especially when we were playing the Cardinals last year. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I want to touch base with you on again, believe in the Arizona Cardinals, Ed Smith and Javon Adams, is I remember when I was younger and I was I was working as an associate. I was a manager in training. At a, at a retail store, and then all of a sudden they decided to promote me to. Who are you be, trying to fool? You always been the boss. <laughs> Let me give me that. <laughs> <laughs> I was promoted to manager, right? <laughs> and I wasn't ready to be the manager. I really wasn't ready. Yeah. But I but I had to act like I was ready to be the manager and do what I needed to do. So I made some mistakes along the way and, and all that stuff. So I'm saying that to say when you look at somebody, for example, like a Vance Joseph, I mean he, he was he was a you know defensive coordinator, then he was promoted to head coach and then now he's back on defensive coordinator. Maybe Maybe it was too much too soon, mm-hmm. quite possibly. But the, I say all that to say management or leadership has only so many opportunities before your team 
It doesn't matter if it's the corporate world or if you in the locker room, they tap out on you and they stop paying attention. Given the fact that we know that there's a lot of pressure on this defense to perform better, to be able to get off the field so they can get the offense back on the field, give or take, how many games, how many, how many games before the, if they're underperforming the defense, before the defense says, nah, we, we're not listening to you anymore. We're not following you as we should be. I'll take it a step further than where you just went because you talked about Vance being a head coach at one point. Everybody's not meant to be a head coach in the NFL. True. And there are some great coordinators that have gotten an opportunity and we found out, mm, nah, he probably should have kept that you know, <laughs> coordinator job. And we've seen us, some of them, like Vance and different ones, yeah. who land back in that position. Yeah. And that means there's no, there's no uh, shine. There's nothing. We're not shading on him or anything like that. Right, right. He, we talk about this all the time, even last year. As a head coach, and we're going to find out this about Kingsbury, you're not just the offensive coordinator. You are the CEO of the entire organization. Right. I mean, you have to have your finger on the uh, offensive side of the ball, yes. the defense side of the ball, and special teams. And not just that, personnel as well. You know, you got to manage these young men and talk to them and keep them in the right place, you know. So that's a really big responsibility. Vance, you know, I think he's a great offensive or defensive coordinator. Just wasn't meant to be a head coach. So with that being said, last year he took over everything. He was reverting back to the 3-4. Maybe he didn't have his personnel. Right. Because they were in that 4-3. Uh, he had to kind of retool some things. You know, obviously we're having a little bit of a hiccup with the coronavirus, so they didn't have a whole offseason to get get things ship-shaped and tightened up. But at the same time, nobody else did as well. So he's working with this, on the same parameters as everybody in the league. What we're going to see from him is, okay, year two, we got these – other variables working against us, but can he take this defense and start, you know, now it's year two, they retooled a little bit, maybe got some guys more adapt to the three, four, obviously drafted uh, for that purpose as well. So I wouldn't put everything on him. Like you got to come out the box and you got to be, you know, the, the, the steel curtain or anything like that. What right. I want to see is week to week progression, because like I said, everybody's working in the same boat. And then toward the end of the year, you want to see guys, hopefully flying around like everybody knows their assignment, the scheme looks good, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not looking for them to, you know, come out of the box and, and do anything that everybody else, you know, experience everything everybody else is, is dealing with, with the, like I said, with the lack of off-season workouts and stuff like that. What I want to see, like I said, is toward the end of the season, just like we did said with the offense last year, the gradual baby steps, right. you know, that type of thing. Got you. Yeah. So, again, believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So we talked a little bit about the defense from a high level, especially from strategy and philosophy. So I want to I want to leave you with I want leave me with this. Ed. So when I look at if I go and I try to pull up and see in terms of the additions for the uh, for the team. So if we're looking at so far, the offseason additions, I know we just added a new uh, offensive lineman to kind of to back things up. But if we look at the additions. Um, if I'm if I'm checking on you know CBS NFL CBS and so I see that we have for example we added um, let's see looking 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 so we we signed um, uh, we signed a cornerback we have signed a couple of cornerbacks three uh, three cornerbacks um, it, the, the Walker in terms of our Walker for a, a linebacker. Um, so some of these positions, so being able to try to bring some of these people in, we got, uh, what is it? Uh, we re-signed uh, Peterson, uh, cornerback as well, um, ended up cutting Shelton. I mean, I know you got to bring in a lot of different pieces to kind of see if they fit. Sometimes you bring them in, just it's almost a revolving door. 
if you had to if you had to pick one position group that is maybe where there's the greatest opportunity because you know in the corporate world they don't say weakness they say opportunity yeah. the opportunity would it would it be cornerback or or is it or would it be some other position group if you had to think about on the defense where the greatest opportunity is and therefore where where offenses offensive coordinators might be looking at here's where they're weak where can we attack them from the defensive side of the ball i would say the the, the, the secondary and i would say you know obviously with the uh, the cornerback system we got patrick on the one side uh, hopefully he's going to have one of those magical years to reprove himself but that second cornerback spot man that's that's so crucial and then also the uh, nickel the nickel uh, position. Okay. So because of the way these offenses are running nowadays with so many. You, you run know, more, you spend more time in nickel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many four and, you know, sometimes some even five wide receiver sets and you always have to account for the running back out of the backfield. That nickel position and that second cornerback position, those are crucial. And, you know, we'll see. And I, I like the fact that and I think everybody's kind of scrambling as we get closer to camp events opening up because, you know, obviously you got those. Lar, those the rosters are big, and you want to make sure you fill them. And sometimes just to even get a look at a young dude that might be something you could use down the line, your practice squad guys, different things like that. But if guys are still out there at this point in time, I don't look at them as impact players because you know obviously we had a draft. Yeah, free agency was a seems like a million years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, the, you know everything seems like a million years ago. Dealing with COVID right now, true indeed. Just think about you know back in February how. You know, excited we were for different things. Super Bowl just ending, and and you know, draft coming, and man, that seems like a million years ago. So for guys that are still out there, and some of the guys they brought in, their their camp projects and things like that, as far as having impact, I don't see a whole bunch of impact. You never know; you can find a diamond in the rough. But that cornerback and nickel position, those are going to be crucial to kind of fill and and make sure you have at least a couple guys that you can rotate in and out of there, just to make sure that those aren't. Vulnerable spot, vulnerable spots for other teams to attack. Random, random shot here. Random, uh, just random thing here. So, you, so you played how many? Set, nine seasons. Nine seasons of baseball. Nine seasons yeah. of baseball. And then how many in the NFL? Uh, four in the NFL, and then two others. So, did you, are you vested? Yes, I am actually. So I will receive my pension at fifty-five. I heard that. So <laughs> the reason I asked that is because there's been a lot of discussion. Uh, among kind of what if what if the season starts yeah and then they stop and somebody because to be vested what is it four years or three 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 years to Mm -hmm. be vested so somebody that's maybe in their second year that's has two years and they started the third and then the season stops and then what do you do am i vested or do is does this start and those are if you could put yourself in that situation because how knowing that knowing that the 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 lifespan of an nfl player is so short being a vested player, that has to, once you got that, that has to, you had to breathe a little bit easier knowing that I got at least a little something coming to me later on down the road, right? Man, I didn't even know what vested was when I got into the <laughs> league. I mean, I, you know, I was so happy to just get there. I, you know, obviously after nine years of playing professional baseball and all of a sudden I get into the NFL and I remember when I was finally quote unquote vested, I was like, what's that? <laughs> I was just happy to when be there. When they told bro. you, and you said, when they oh, told me, I was like, oh, okay. okay. You know, so I'm very proud to say that after spending all those years of baseball, I know a lot of dudes that went through the league yeah. and the short trip or whatever it was. And to say that I'm vested is huge. Right. And, you know, for a young player fighting to get that third year. Yeah. Man. And I mean, you know, a lot of team, 
Well, you, you oh, lived it. Will, I, yeah. Teams will cut you off before oh, God, they know yeah. that you're going to be vested mm. or, or whatever it is. Before you get to those certain career or or financial milestones, milestones yeah. <laughs> they'll let you go and show you the door. That they're ruthless in that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all it's all about that dollar, man. But you know, for you know that, that obviously though, those decisions are above our pay grade in terms of even trying to figure out what they would do. But right. I feel for any player going through this whole thing right now, especially the young guys. Who haven't established like right now? There's a whole bunch of dudes we've seen. You know, like even Dak, he just signed his uh, franchise tag. He's gonna make 31 million this year. You know? Right. Then you uh, got the other end of the you spectrum. got the other end of the spectrum guys who maybe held on last year and got that season in and made that 450 thousand or whatever it was. Yeah. Man, you know, and you're young, and you know, you think, well, next year I'm gonna make. You know, so a lot of that money gone. Yeah. <laughs> you and start said, spending that money. Yeah, and all you know, of a sudden. Next year's coming. Next year's guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and spend this yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, man. All of a sudden, you want to start, you know, finding receipts and stuff to maybe turn some stuff back in, you know. <laughs> hey, wait, when did I buy that? You know? Gently used BMW. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and, and there's always, there's not a whole lot of good coming from this. Obviously, this virus, because we're dealing with stuff. We never in our life thought we could, but maybe this is a wake-up call for some of our younger generation of, you know, you always, we should start thinking more about the future and not just about what's going on right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's a rough thing. You know, we, you and I, we deal with a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Old, you know, our age. Right. And struggling and, and, you know, so maybe this is a lesson, you know, to be a little more, uh, Cost conscious, I guess. If you want I to hope, but something. they, you know, there's so many families saying, "I don't care, I don't care, COVID or not." You told me you bought me this house, so you gonna <laughs> yeah. pay for this house, right? <laughs> right, nephew, whatever. So, on yeah. behalf of the one and only Ed Smith, I am Javon Adams. This is Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We do this every week. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We do look forward to talking to you next time. And so, as we like to say, are you kidding? And until next week, be easy out there. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.